Welcome back to the Law of Attraction Tribe podcast. I am your host, Stephanie Keith, and today I have my trusty co-host, Alexis Keith. Alexis, welcome to the podcast again. (laughs) So I brought Alexis on because today is Take Your Child to Work Day, so she is home from school, and she's seeing what I do in a day, which, what do you think about what I do in a day? Do I have a pretty good job? Yeah, I mean, I think it seems pretty fun, like... I feel like it seems a lot better than going and sitting in a job all day and listening to your boss complain. (laughs) Oh, trust me. It's much better. You can sleep in. We made waffles this morning, kind of hung out, lounged around, and now we're recording a podcast, and I always have fun doing that. So yeah, it's a pretty good gig. Mm -hmm. I'm glad I get to show you this instead of my corporate job because you would not have enjoyed that. I can guarantee it. (laughs) But We had posted on my Instagram stories that Alexis was going to be on and I wanted to find out from you guys what we should talk about. And I heard people asking, what do teens slash tweens want adults to know? Whether that's parents, teachers, just adults in general. Like, what are they going through? And I think that's really important that we talk about this today because if you're listening to this, if you're my age, I'm 36, We grew up in a completely different era, so there's a lot of new challenges. Like, kids all face a lot of the same challenges in terms of, like, bullying and, you know, um, like, trust issues with parents and grades and all that kind of stuff. But now this generation has a whole other dynamic with phones and social media and just the way they communicate. So I, I think it's just nice to get a perspective of, like, what a 12-year-old, almost 13-year-old, is going um, through right now in 2022. And I want to start out by talking about something that this, like, I totally agree with this and it really made me think because no one's ever explained this in such a way as the other day I was on TikTok and there's this child therapist and she was talking about how when a a kid acts up or they do something wrong or they get a bad grade or, you know, they haven't picked up their room and you've asked them five times and then you just lose it and just go off on them. And she was just telling us to like put ourselves in the child's perspective because a lot of times parents will say, well, I'm being hard on them because I'm preparing them for the world. And the world is hard. The world is harsh. And they need to learn just how to deal with it, how to cope with that. And she was arguing that she actually thinks it's a lot harder for kids than it is for adults. And I thought that was interesting because I, I've i never heard that before. And to be honest, I never really thought about it. But what she said was, put yourself in these kids' shoes, okay? You have someone that is arguing with you sometimes putting you down, being really negative, possibly being toxic, uh, constantly on your ass about things. And you can't leave, right? Like as an adult, you have the option of walking away. You have the option of not talking to that person. You have the option of leaving a relationship. But when you're a child, you can't. You just have to sit there and take it. You can't move. You can't walk away. You can't really do anything. You just kind of have to take it and and not really say anything back because that's going to get you in more trouble. And then she was talking about how adults, like if you're in a job that is 
mentally draining you, emotionally draining you, if you have a uh, boss that's condescending or coworkers that aren't treating you right, it's a toxic environment, you can leave. Like you have the option to find another job and not tolerate that. But with kids, how often do they deal with that at school with other kids, whether it's a bully or just um, a mean girl in school or a teacher that's really condescending? They have no choice to leave. They still have to go and just put up with it. So there's a lot of things that just made me think twice about how, you know, the adult world Adults have it so much harder than kids. I think that's true in a lot of cases, but I think there's also a lot of scenarios where kids actually have it a little bit harder and sometimes we forget that. And I just want to say, like, as we go through the episode today, my parenting style is probably very different than um, most people, I would say, or at least most people we know. And it's not right and it's not wrong. So... Take what you like and try it and leave what you don't like. So I never want to like push my ideas or or my parenting style on anyone else. Like I think at the end of the day, you obviously have to do what's best for you and your kids and what you believe is right. So I'm just sharing because people were asking and um, I have a pretty good kid. She's she's a great kid. And so I, I know that... Um, that's because of her and, and her personality and hard work and everything. But I do think that the parenting style kind of plays in with that as well. So uh, that's my little opening spiel. Now let's get into what we wanted to talk about uh, from Alexis's perspective. So why don't you tell them what came up when we were at Disney seeing some some kids kind of throwing the, the typical Disney temper tantrum. Yeah, I feel like every time we go to Disney, we always see kids, like, there's, you know, the kids that are, like, really good and just kind of, like, stay in, like, their little stroller or whatever. And then there's also a lot of kids that, like, th- are throwing themselves on the ground, screaming, crying, and stuff like that. And a lot of times what I've noticed is... The kids who are the ones throwing temper tantrums are the ones whose parents are sitting there yelling at them and stuff. So I think that does play a lot into, like, the kids' actions. Yeah, yeah. So she brought that up to me, and I was like, well, that's a really good um, observation because, you know, when we're at home and there's no other kids around, I know you like to kind of tease that Aiden and Amelia are, like, crazy children. Yeah. (laughs) But when we get out in public and we go to places like Disney, it's it kind of makes you realize, like, wow, they actually are, like, really good. Yeah, compared to some other kids, they're good. I feel like at home they're a little more wild, though, because, they're, like, they're wild up with, like, the dog and stuff. But, like, compared to other kids out in public, they're pretty good. Yeah, and, and you, as a young child, never threw temper tantrums. I can only think of one time that you really kind of, like, flipped out, and I think that was you were just extremely tired. But... It's not to say that if a kid has a temper tantrum, it's the parent's fault. Not to say that at all. But I do think, once again, it's like putting ourselves in the shoes of the child, right? And these these children, um, and not even just young children. I mean, really up until, I think they said it's like age 26, your brain is still growing and developing. And a lot of that can tie into the way that you're processing and handling emotions. And for young kids, um, they don't know necessarily how to like express themselves in words or how to 
um, talk about their emotions in a way that's healthy and productive. They just need to get it out. And in a lot of ways, I almost think that's more healthy than what adults do because adults get angry or sad or upset and they they just suppress it. They they bottle it up and they bottle it up and they bottle it up and it like eats away at them and it can cause a lot of internal conflict and stress. But kids, they'll just throw a damn temper tantrum, but then they get it all out of their system, right? And so it's kind of putting yourself in their scenario that they're not doing it to be bad and to embarrass you at Disney World. They're doing it because they're tired or they're hungry or something upset them, something made them sad or angry, and they don't know how to properly process that emotion because they're so young. And so this is a tip. I'm not taking credit for this because I heard this from a child psychologist a long time ago. I feel so bad. I do not remember her name. Um, But she said that there's almost anything that a kid does, whether it's throwing a temper tantrum, crying, yelling, kicking, screaming, can be solved by just asking them if they need a hug. And I remember hearing that and thinking like, oh, yeah, I don't think it's that easy. But then I started testing it out with Amelia (laughs) and Aiden. Aiden's still a little bit young to kind of like understand. But with Amelia, it works pretty much every time. Like when she starts getting um, upset with her brother and she tries pushing him to the ground or she starts crying or throwing a temper tantrum, if I ask her, like if I get down on her, her level, so I'll like get down on my knees and I'll open my arms and I'll just say, do you need a hug? And every single time she shakes her head yes and she comes and gives me a nice long hug and then she's like fine and it's like I think she just needs that support needs to know that you know I'm I love her and I care about her and a lot of times when she is mean to Aiden I'm sure it's sibling jealousy you know it's like she has Mm -hmm. to share her time with mom with her little brother so to Alexis's point I think a lot of parents get flustered and get embarrassed because it is embarrassing when you're at the store and everyone's staring at you as your kids like flipping out um but rather than responding with anger and threat threats of you know taking things away or giving them a time out um maybe try that next time try asking like if they need a hug and try just like calmly talking to them and comforting them Um, because usually that can really help to calm them down where if you add more anger, it's like throwing fuel to the fire. Like it's not going to end the temper tantrum. It's just probably going to make them scream louder. So that's a little tricky one that I feel like I've handled pretty well with, with the hug thing. And that seems to work for Amelia because she's, she's definitely a hugger. (laughs) And I feel like you are right about the whole like sibling jealousy. Obviously I didn't have to deal with that because I was an only child for, like 10 years but I feel like a lot of parents need to make sure that they make their kids like they treat them like equally like especially if they're close in age because I I feel like especially little kids get jealous really easily Mm -hmm. yeah so that's a that's a good point too and I feel like siblings are usually so different from one another and so parents you know you can sometimes treat them a little bit differently just based on their personality and their needs. But sometimes in the kid's eye, they see that as like, well, you're favoring him or you're favoring her or whatever. So, you know, maybe openly talking about that and just saying like, well, what what makes you feel that way? And what did I do that made you feel like I liked your brother better, your sister Mm -hmm. better or whatever? 
It's funny, all my friends are texting me, they're like, where are you? I'm like, it's take your kid to work day. <laughs> they're like, so where are you at? You're like, I'm on my mom's bed and we're recording a podcast. <laughs> um, okay, the other thing that I wanted to talk about is grades because this is like a hot button for parents and especially around middle school because I feel like middle school is a really hard transition and I don't think that we often give kids enough credit for like just how difficult it is. So like for Alexis, when you were in grade school, your school started at like 10 o'clock. Yeah. And then you shift to middle school and it starts at 7 or 7.10 or whatever it is. Yeah, like around there. You're waking up at 6, going to school, and it's still dark outside, which I don't know why they do that because when you look into like our physical health and our our brain and our mental well-being – you really do like need the sunlight to help wake you up and to get your brain like functioning at like a peak state. But some of these schools are starting while it's still dark outside and they're starting really early at a time when kids are physically growing and going through a lot of changes that actually require more sleep. So it's not that they're just lazy. Like kids at this age and in high school physically need more sleep and it's it's really important for their their brain and their developmental growth as well to get really adequate sleep so i just wanted to throw that in that i don't like how these schools start super yeah even like a lot of my like the my doctors and stuff have like multiple of them have said that like they definitely think that school needs to start later because like our brain shouldn't be having to process like school at when it's still dark outside like Right. And there's there's actually evidence and studies to show that you're less productive, less focused, and more likely to have mistakes and errors. So just by starting school at 7 a.m., I feel like they're setting these kids up for, for failure because um, they're just not in that peak state for learning, where if, even if they started just an hour later, it can make a huge difference. But Anyhow, so grades like can become an issue because then, you know, they're thrown into that and then they're thrown into everything else that comes with middle school uh, drama and drama between friends and, you know, all that other stuff that can really kind of have an effect on grades. Now, you have really good grades and you actually were able to get straight A's. So mm-hmm. how did you do that? What? Why do you get good grades, but then some of your friends maybe don't or struggle? I think a lot of it is actually because of, like, especially parents and teachers. Because what I noticed is that a lot of my friends who, like, struggle with school, um, a lot of them are the ones who have strict parents who yell at them for their grades even like if it's not like end of quarter it's just like middle of the quarter or something and they have like one bad grade then their parents will like get onto them yell at them take their phone ban them from hanging out with their friends take away like basically everything like just to because they think it helps them get their grades up but really it doesn't do anything it just like I feel like when you ground kids for like bad grades like I get if like you know you have all f's like end of the quarter and like like that, you know, mm-hmm. it's okay to like give a little bit of discipline, not like just let your kids do whatever. But I feel like yelling at your kids all the time for their grades actually can affect their grades and make them like not want to try as much almost. Like Right. 
Yeah. So like, let's look at this from the law of attraction perspective, right? Like you're, the parents are putting all of this focus and intense energy and feelings on bad grades. Therefore, what you focus on expands. So you're focusing on the bad grades. You're making the kids focus on the bad grades. So they keep getting bad grades. And in their brain, they're building this neural pathway that says grades are bad. Grades got me in trouble. Grades are, you know, the enemy. Grades are making my parents mad at me. So they develop this very negative um, relationship with grades. So... Like I said, I'm not trying to say that my way is the right way or the way you should do it. But what I the the way that I approached this is, you know, we we've kind of talked about what she wants. So instead of me telling Alexis, you have to get good grades or else or like you better get good grades. I'm trying to find ways to motivate her to make that her goal. So it's not my goal. It's her goal. It's what she wants to achieve. And so you did um, a vision board yeah, for grades. Yeah, vision board for grades. And what was on the vision board that represented that? Like, like just kind of like good grades. I don't like know. Things like things that said like A yeah. plus, stuff like yeah. that. Like photos of that. Um, and then just kind of letting her know that, and I, I mean, I feel like I say this all the time, especially when the, the FSA tests come around because those are really stressful. Just letting her know that, she should do the best that she can, you know, put in your best effort, but that at the end of the day, the grade does not define who you are as a person. And if you get a bad grade, you get a bad grade. It's not the end of the world. Um, just know that you gave it your all and you did your best. And that grade does not mean that you're smart or not smart or good or bad. Um, and I don't know, like, I feel like you have more of a motivation to get good grades by me not trying to motivate you to yeah. get good grades, which is kind of probably sounds backwards. But we got to remember, too, especially at this age, I mean, I don't know if you would agree with this, but, like, if your parents, like, yell at you and try to force you to do something, I feel like kids rebel and do the opposite just because. Yeah. And so it's, like, by not, like, pushing it and and – like not trying to like forcefully motivate her I feel like she just motivates herself and there's like positive reinforcement because you get money when you get good grades right yeah so you know we don't ground her for not getting a good grade she's just not gonna get money if she's not getting good grades yeah and like it doesn't mean you have to give your kids like money or something from good grades like it could be like really anything like maybe like you'll cook them their favorite meal or you'll take them to go get ice cream or take them shopping or something, like really anything. Yeah, so do you think it's more about the parents like letting them know that they're proud of them that's the reward? Or is it the actual like getting ice cream? Or I think it's more just parents letting them know that they're proud of their kids. And like another thing to look at too is like if – you, like, are more strict about grades and you think, like, your kid has to get, like, straight A's and stuff. Like, think about, like, look at back a test you did in third grade, which you probably don't even remember. Think about how that's impacted your life now. Like, you don't even remember it. It's not, like, right. you know, a part of your life. So, like... Exactly. You know, stuff like that. It's, like, you don't have to get... Like, my my art teacher even told me this, like, beginning of the year. Like, you don't have to win every single assignment. Oh, that's a good way to put it. I like that. Yeah. And, you know, and like I said earlier, it's like when you, like, 
get really upset with with a child and you're yelling at them about the grade, they're building that negative association with grades. But if you instead positively reinforce them when they get a good grade and give them a compliment, like, hey, you worked really hard on this. I'm really proud of you. That's like a a dopamine hit for the brain. And as we know, like that can become addictive. So now they like they want to do good because they want more praise. They want more appreciation. So sometimes just that encouragement can be a lot more effective than the negative reinforcement. And I know there's like a lot of psychological studies to back that up. Um, Okay, mental health days. So this is something that Grammy, my mom, did with me because I I actually had a lot of anxiety when I was your age. I would get very um, nervous about going to school and I didn't even know why. Like I didn't have any reason to feel nervous. I got good grades and everything was fine. But I had a lot of days where I just, um, it was just really hard for me. And she, my, my mom would let me stay home and she would call it a mental health day. And she would be like, I just think you need a mental health day today. And we would just like relax or go out to lunch and I mean, I look back at that now and I'm so grateful. I'm like, I can't imagine having any other mom that like would be hard on me when I was going through some of that mental health stuff. So now I do that with Alexis and if there's days. Like kind of like how you had anxiety. I have pretty bad anxiety too. Mm -hmm. And like I get, I know I get like sick from it too and Mm -hmm. stuff. So like I think it's good to, you know. Yeah. And it's kind of goes hand in hand with the grades because when she takes these mental health days, I just let her know, like, you know, you're getting good grades and you're doing well in school. So this is a benefit of that. Now, if she was failing and she needed to be there every single day to catch up, then that would be another story. But since she's able to maintain good grades and do really well, um, that's just kind of like I look at it as like a perk and... Uh, you know, very helpful for mental health too, knowing that if there's a day that's particularly bad, we might not understand as parents and it might seem like something stupid to parents, but it might seem like the whole world to them. Like if they've had a particular situation come up with a friend or a teacher or who knows, and they just need that time. Um, I, I just personally do that with her. And I, like I said, my mom did that with me, and I'm so grateful for that. So that's kind of something we do. Not all the time, but, I mean, when she needs it. When I can tell she really needs it, um, she just stays home for that day. Yeah, and another thing with, like, that goes along with failing grades, that I feel like a lot of parents, like, if your kid's struggling with school, a lot of times it's because, like, it can be because they, like, are struggling with, like, a certain subject. So maybe they, like, need help with it, and it's good to, like, Make sure they have access to, like, tutoring and stuff like that. Or, like, really, like, if you just help them with their homework or whatever. Because I don't want to say names, but I was at one of my friend's houses, and she has a sister in kindergarten. And she was confused on a question because she's learning, like, her alphabet and stuff like that. And she asked her um, parent, and the parent was like, no, like, you have to do it on your own. But, like... You can't do something on your own if you don't know how to do it. Yeah, that's a great point. And I, you know, I know parents are busier than ever these days, especially if both parents are working and and not home. But that is a great point that Alexis brings up that like having a solution oriented mindset is going to help teach your kids to be resourceful and find solutions, whether that's 
let's get you a tutor. Let's look up some YouTube videos or whatever online like we've done with with math before. Let's sit down and do it together. Um, Let me talk to your teacher and see, you know, if they have any recommendations. That's teaching kids that if they don't know the answer, that's okay. Like there's a way to find it out. You can be resourceful and figure it out. And I know um, during COVID when school was closed and Alexis was at home, there were some times with math where uh, she struggled a little bit because she, you know, you're not in the classroom and math is one of those things where I think it's hard to learn it on your own. Um, And I just emailed the teacher and said, hey, is there uh, any tutoring or anything that you would recommend? And he gave me like a bunch of resources. There was free tutoring they offered at the school, which I didn't even realize. There were websites that you could go to that he recommended that like do the lessons. You can actually watch a teacher like put everything on the the equations on the blackboard. Um, And then I was able to watch that and learn it so then I could work on the assignment with her. But there point of the story is there's always resources and sometimes kids they haven't yet learned how to find those resources so as a parent instead of just saying figure it out and then making them feel dumb because they don't know the answer teach them how to be resourceful yeah I feel like along with that like it makes kids feel like you know like they're not like scared to ask for help like it makes Mm -hmm. them feel like you know it's okay to ask for help when you need it yeah because like if you like you know you don't let your kids get help or whatever then it makes them think like you're supposed to do everything on your own and like it makes them scared to ask for help for not even just school but like other things in general well that brings me to my my next thing that I wanted to talk about so just with other things in general like outside of grades um I want to talk about like, because I feel like you're pretty comfortable talking to me about stuff, but then I've noticed like there's some friends that maybe don't feel comfortable talking to their parents or I'm sure there's kids out there that just don't feel comfortable talking to their parents. Um, And, you know, it's been kind of a, a thing with me where sometimes like I feel like people kind of be like, oh, well, you're, you know, you have to be the mom. You can't be their friend. But I think you could be both and I think like if if you're telling if a kid comes to you and they're telling you something and then like let's say you know you get a boyfriend and then the mom finds out about it and gets upset and you get grounded or something then you're not going to tell the mom in the future if you have a boyfriend right yeah or if you got I don't know and if there was something going on some kind of drama with school or whatever and you don't feel comfortable talking to the parent because you might get in trouble, then you're just going to hide whatever's going on. Yeah. Or lie, I would think. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So I just kind of feel like as a parent, having that open communication, and I always just let Alexis know that I would rather her be honest with me and like talk to me about stuff than try to hide something. Because just from my experience as a kid, it was like the parents that – were super strict and didn't allow their kids to ever like do anything whether it was dating or hanging out with friends or anything like that the kids would still do it they would just lie to their parents and go behind their back and I I don't like that like I would rather know what's going on in your life so that we could talk about it and if something comes up I can help like guide you or give you some advice if you yeah. if there's something like going on yeah do you agree with that yeah um 
And then, what was I going to say? I don't know, you can keep talking if I think about what I was going to say. Well, just, like, in general, like, what would you say to the parents that aren't like that, where they're like, I'm not here to be your friend, I'm here to be your mom, and, like, um, they're very strict, and so then, like, I mean, how how would you take that as a kid? Like, what would you tell these parents? I would say, like, I don't know how to, like, word it. Um... Like, kind of just, like, everything we said put together. Like, you know, like, don't be as harsh on your kids and stuff like that. And that brings me to another thing because a lot of uh, parents, like, I feel like they force their kids to do sports because, like, let's say your kid wants to do basketball, but you put them in soccer because you did soccer growing up and you come from a family of soccer fans and stuff. And, like, I feel like... A lot of parents, too, force their kids to put sports and grades and chores and stuff before themselves, which I think you need to make sure to remind your kids to sometimes they need to put themselves before, you know, all those things because putting yourself before other things really isn't like, it's not like selfish. It's more just a responsibility and something you should do. Right. Oh, that's such a good point. And that's the that's the thing too. Like I we've never really been like, okay, you have to do chores. Like you have to do this, you have to do that, you have to do that. But you do. Like you clean your room, yeah. you, she washes her own clothes, folds them, puts them away. She's got a whole system for folding them. Yeah, like when I was little, like you never really gave me any chores. Like obviously you offered me chores for like if I wanted to earn some extra money, which I know I did to like I wanted to buy like an American Girl doll or something, but like you never really was like you have to do this on Monday, have to do this on Tuesday, have to do this on Wednesday, and eventually like I was my room was really messy when I was little, but like over time I just kind of like on my own like taught myself how to like clean my room and like well you helped me learn how to like clean and organize and stuff, but like I just kind of like and I, now I like I like organizing like that's something I like doing. Because mm-hmm. I wasn't, like, forced to do it when I was little. So now it's something I've just, over time, started to kind of like on my own. Yeah. So, so like, once again, it's, like, building that neural pathway in the brain. You know, the kids that are forced to do it make that negative association. And it's like, oh, my gosh, I have to do chores. I don't want to do chores. Um, where I think you, like, you almost look at it as, like, a hobby. Like, she's very into organizing now, and she's very self-sufficient. Like, if I need to go out of town or something, I do not have to worry about her. She does her own laundry. She knows how to make her own food. She knows how to make her bed, get her stuff ready in the morning. I mean, you're basically, like, self-sufficient. Like, I, yeah. you would be totally fine if I couldn't, you know, help you with something. So just to kind of bust up that myth that like, well, we're just preparing them for being adults. Well, here's the thing. Like, are you preparing them that like life is hard or are you preparing them? Are you like priming their subconscious to think that life has to be hard and life can't be easy? It can't be fun. It can't be enjoyable because I kind of think that's the case like I heard that so much growing up life is hard everything is hard work and it sounded so doom and gloom and why are we priming our kids for that why don't we prime them that like you know what life is fun life is exciting you could do anything you want to do and if you struggle with something or you fail at something 
it doesn't matter. It doesn't define who you are and you just get up and you try again and you be resourceful and you look for a solution to do it better the next time. Like that's kind of my philosophy, like teach you that life can be easy. So when you grow up, you expect things to come easily for you instead of having to constantly struggle as an adult. So overall, is there anything else that you would want like parents, teachers, anyone to know any adults to know um from a kid your age hmm or do we touch on everything I feel like oh another thing I just thought of is like I feel like a lot of parents are strict with things like snacks and stuff which Mm -hmm. like I understand you know like it's not good to let your kid eat a bunch of like candy and stuff but like I feel like a lot of my especially with a lot of my friends like we're in middle school and their parents still don't let them have like snacks and stuff like if they're hungry like which Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of times can like affect kids well yeah because then they come to our house and they overeat and they binge on stuff right yeah um yeah I've I've noticed that too I um this was when she was younger but one one little girl was over and she went in our pantry and was just stuffing her face and I was like nervous she was gonna choke but she just was never allowed to have like anything um at her house and so whenever she went somewhere else she would like overeat um to the point where it was I mean it was scary like I thought she was gonna choke and I've seen that with a lot of kids um I've seen that in my friends growing up that a lot of the the kids that were uh, very restricted in what they were allowed to eat, um, ended up either binging once they got to college or, you know, got old enough to go to restaurants and stuff, uh, or grew up with eating disorders. So I just, you know, make it kind of a open pantry thing. Like when you're hungry, eat. When you're not, don't. I don't try to force it. I don't want to build negative eating habits. We have healthy food. We also have snacks. Um, but I, you know, I think everything's okay in moderation. Yeah, That's especially my- with a lot of my friends. I feel like, um, especially one friend specifically that, I have, like, her mom always puts labels on food between, like, good food and bad food. And you can only have, like, good food. So, like, it's, her mom makes it seem like it's not okay to have, like, a treat every once in a while. Like, it's not okay to have any form of sugar it's not okay to have chips it's not okay to have like crackers or really anything that's not Mm -hmm. fruits or vegetables and I think it's okay like you got to remember like it's okay for kids to every once in a while have like a treat yeah well and it's just like for adults too right like there's a reason why diets never work for anyone because you you get so restrictive that you end up going nuts when you get back to eating normal and then you end up gaining more weight than you've lost and same for kids if you restrict them too much like they're gonna go wild at the first chance that they can and I've just personally seen that happen with a lot of uh friends of mine and um and I think it's I don't know it just kind of breaks my heart when a kid comes to our house and is just binging because they've like never had a you know granola bar before or something so Um, yeah, I try not to be too strict with anything. Obviously that's my parenting style. It's more laid back. Like I said, take what you want, leave what you don't. I know this isn't for everyone. Um, I've just personally, I I think it's worked out well so far and we haven't 
run into any issues yet and you're almost 13 so we'll see I'll I'll update you guys as as we get through the rest of middle school and high school but um that's just my take on it and just for my research with you know child psychologists with understanding how the brain works and building these um behaviors in a positive way versus a negative way and it all goes back to the law of attraction, right? What you focus on expands. So I try to focus on the good. I try to focus on the positive and just not give attention and negativity to the negative stuff. Therefore, we very rarely have the negative stuff, if ever, come up. So that's that's what I have for today. Thank you for coming on. You're welcome. <laughs> I hope that this was an enjoyable day at work with mom Mm -hmm. you can share this with your teachers (laughs) just kidding um all right thank you guys so much i would love to hear um if you have any more tips especially for middle schoolers or toddlers as i am fully in that stage right now so you can uh, send me a dm on instagram at law of attraction tribe and we could chat some more and i'll see you guys back here next week